Hello everyone and welcome into the Instant Reaction Podcast episode to the early state of games from week six. I am delighted to be joined uh, by Dan from Gridiron Gents. Dan, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing great. Always happy to be talking NFL with you as well, so very happy to be here. Yeah, um, I Brian and Connor were covering the the game earlier uh, in London for us, and they have um, an instant reaction podcast out to that game. But the early suite, the six o'clock uh, suite of games, have just uh, ended when we are recording this. And I, I suppose, look, we need to discuss the game in Cleveland uh, initially because, uh, my goodness, that was uh, quite the the ending. Your initial thoughts, reaction, takes from the Browns beating the 49ers nineteen seventeen and the 49ers missing that late, late field goal? Yeah, so the, the Browns defense obviously played outstanding football in this one. Let, let, let's, start, let's start with the, the, the good stuff. The, 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 they played amazingly. Uh, Miles Garrett, a little bit overexcited, uh, drew a couple of penalties, but maybe we'll get to that in a second. Just in general, this unit, looked outstanding and, and seemed to have the Niners number for most of the game admittedly helped by the fact that the Niners are obviously now down Debo Samuel and uh, Christian McCaffrey as well and Trent Williams missed a good chunk of the game as well so so it's it's not maybe as favorable as it looks for the Browns as the scoreline suggests obviously the missed field goal at the end a couple of penalties that went their way as well uh, and all in all not a great quarterback performance from PJ Walker but it was enough to get the job done and the, the Browns defense really shone in this one I thought yeah I mean I suppose a couple of on the Browns side of things look PJ PJ Walker um had a pretty average game to that that throw at the the end I think with hearts and in, in mouth kind of, of stuff oh, goodness um ultimately you know two two interceptions he's under 200 yards I suppose this is the when when the Browns give out the sort of contract that they did to Deshaun Watson, they're not going to have the money, and you know they're paying a lot of guys on defense. They're not going to have the money to pay a, a a really kind of above average or average um, backup. So you are going to have PJ Walker. I suppose you know um, the I think you're right, and I think Jim Schwartz has done a great job, obviously, with that defense. Um, they, I'm sure the Niners will point to some of the refereeing decisions, um, and and that ha- that tends to happen, especially when you're at home. You you know you very often get one or two. I have my own take is a lot of the times penalties do even out over the course of the season, and yeah, it's refs are human in the same way that. You know, everybody, Joe Montana made mistakes. Um, it, it, it happens. Um, I, I, you know, the, the worry with the 49ers on my side of things was I've argued that they had the best starters in the league, but injuries were always the, the concern. Um, in, in terms of you, given the three guys who, who were, who missed, uh, some of the, the game today, which of the three do you think is most critical to the 49ers in terms of getting them back on the field as soon as possible? I mean, Christian McCaffrey is the obvious one, I think. He, he is, um, he's been outstanding so far this season. Just uh, an all-round runner that I don't think we 
thought it was and that might be a, an outdated view from a couple of years ago but if he's going to miss some significant time that's going to be a problem and then Debo Samuel did a very good job of filling the gaps that Christian McCaffrey uh, created uh, a lot of the time and if he's if Christian McCaffrey's not there and Debo Samuel's not there then you're asking the likes of Elijah Mitchell and uh, Brandon I to do an awful lot maybe Carl Juszczyk maybe we'll just see um, Carl Shanahan Go into overdrive and we'll see something a little bit more creative. Uh, maybe see, we'll see George Kittle in the backfield a couple of times as well. So it, it, it's one of those offenses that, that if they're missing a couple of pieces, it's not the end of the world. They just happen to be missing probably two of the most important pieces. Um, I think uh, Trent, Trent Williams came back in the end, didn't he, in this game? So so I think as long as he's not going to miss significant time after this, as long as he did when the, the dust settles and they, they get in the ice baths, uh, that he is actually going to be fit to go. I think they're probably okay. So, uh, yeah, of, of the ones that miss serious time, probably Christian McCaffrey, I think, is the most important piece. Yeah, it's an interesting one, I suppose, for me, because it has been a topic of debate. I know Kevin Clark, um, formerly of the ringer now of Omaha Productions, had this discussion during the week about, you know, which kind of piece is most important. And, yeah, we, we did see Trent come back, but I always kind of wonder, it's usually... Tuesday before you get a kind of a sense of this piece um, like Achan last weekend you know all of a sudden he was on IR and um, Justin Jefferson obviously went down with the knee last week we kind of wondered and now there's kind of no return date for him It this to me is an interesting one because Brock Purdy has really um, especially over the past couple of weeks it feels like there's been this kind of strange debate around Purdy um, and I don't know whether you listen to um, the Ringer podcast but I know Stephen Ruiz and PFF kind of uh, but particularly Stephen Ruiz does the QB rankings and there were Niners fans in particular losing their minds because he had Brock Purdy ranked at 22 and there were um, Niners fans who wanted Purdy in the top 10 mm. and um, he gave his reason both in written form in in the piece where he outlines his his rankings but again on their uh, podcast show during the the week um suffice to to say Brock Purdy probably had his worst game of this yeah. season uh for for the Niners today but where where do you stand Dan on where where you where would you rank him in terms of um the the QBs in in the league I'm going to get myself in trouble with Niners fans here. I think 22 might be a bit harsh, but not by much. I'm not putting him in the top 10 of, of QBs uh, by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, it, probably in the mid-teens, um, I could probably think of 14 quarterbacks. I'd rather have than Brock Purdy. And I'm happy to be proven wrong, Niners fans. If 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 Brock Purdy now grabs a ball by the horns on this one and just kind of runs with it if he's missing Christian McCaffrey if he's missing Debo Samuel if he's missing Trent Williams even for a significant amount of time and Brock Purdy puts the team on his back and runs with it and some would argue in the last game that's exactly what he did against the Cowboys but I mean he didn't show in this one he was he was yeah as you say this was probably one of his worst games uh since he became the starter for the Niners at least um and now we really need to see what can happen as you say earlier the Niners have the best starters probably in the league and now they're down to some interesting backups because they've play, paid a ton of money to the likes of Christian McCaffrey um, to, to to play football for them. And we'll see if it works. Um, 
I hope they it does because I quite like Brock Purdy, but I I I I'm yeah mid teens. I'm trying to dig myself out of a hole here and I'm failing miserably. Uh, yeah, about mid 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 teens, uh, the Andy Dalton area uh, historically of uh, of QB rankings, and that's probably going to get me in a lot of trouble there. So apologies. I I, I think that's pretty fair, uh, and if it if it I think you know it can Brock Purdy continue to develop and continue to rise in those rankings absolutely Um, but we have to remember that you know Jimmy Garoppolo looked in an extraordinarily better QB when he was in San Francisco when you were in a Kyle Shanahan system and you have those weapons around you um, it makes life much much easier I, I just think there is this rush to anoint um, Purdy, and I I don't think you can say it as yet. We do need to to see him. I mean, this was rough, and mm. uh, but there's no reason he can't. Very often, you learn more from losses than than yeah. from victories, and we will see how he responds. They still have incredible talent. Um, their their defense is still absolutely fantastic, and ultimately they were. You know, a missed field goal away from continuing uh, unbeaten. Mm. I will point out again, I don't think PJ Walker is a starter in the league. So I, I, I think that you do have to factor in. They will leave disappointed, but it wasn't in the best of conditions and uh, they were up against a stout uh, Browns defense. It will be interesting to, to see, I suppose, um, you know, their they kind of have a maybe maybe they'll feel a, a get right game against the the Vikings. Uh, although the the Vikings got a a win today, um, are are the are the Vikings capable of playing a normal game, Dan? No, no, they're not. Um, they, the Vikings are are an odd team. Uh, I, I say this as if anyone knows, I'm a huge Chicago Bears fan. Um, the, the Vikings are an odd team that will grind games out and win them in unusual manners and that's pretty much what they did here as well they they played at a decent defensive performance this week uh, which i thought was uh good to see they've been up and down on defense they've always been entertaining on defense uh daniel hunt had a reasonable game in this one as well uh, and admittedly they will be aided by the fact that tyson Bagent or Bagent uh was playing quarterback for the chicago bears rather than justin fields although arguably he played better than justin fields so it, it, it remains to be seen what happens in the future. I think Justin Fields is probably going to miss some time uh, with a, a right wrist injury. Uh, as for the Vikings, considering they were without Justin Jefferson, who uh, most of the offense seems to go through, I thought they played pretty well. I thought Kirk Cousins had a couple of uh, sit back and, oh, he's, he's done the Kirk Cousins thing kind of moments with uh, particularly one interception and recently it was uh, tipped. So he, he uh, probably gets a little bit of leeway, but it wasn't. It was just an odd game. They're always odd games. They're always one score games. And the Vikings will consistently eke their way to be the third best team in the NFC North, which is pretty much where they deserve to be right now. So, uh, Yeah, I mean, uh, Mark Cockrell, uh, who uh, was a stalwart on, on this show for quite a while, always said, um, you know, you you can't have any faith in the Vikings because ultimately, where when you think they are everything's going really well, they'll let mm. you down, and when their backs are against the wall, sometimes that's when they'll come good. 
on the bear side of things, yeah, <laughs> it it looks like the bears are you know very likely to end up with at, you know one of the top two picks, um, if not if not potentially both of the t- the top two picks. Is you you would you be uh, like you're. You've taken a QB if you end up one or two, right? And do you have, do you have a preference? I there's certainly been some discussion over the past couple of weeks, I think, on Twitter at least around, um, you know, whether you know it is quite a set in stone for for Caleb Williams. But is this just people needing to make noise? Or, you know, because you, we all, we, I'm sure people listening may have seen the clip of Sean Payton uh, when, during his year off where he's telling Colin Coward um, that Caleb Williams is a generational talent and he's so good that a team is going to deliberately tank for him. Um, not that <laughs> Sean himself would engage in such things. Um, but would you, have a, would you have a preference on which QB you would like to see? And do you have belief that in the current coaching staff in Chicago that they can develop a young QB? No, for starters, I don't have any belief in the current coaching staff, uh, general managers, you name it. The Chicago Bears are a mess. Owners, let's let's go that and, you know, the owners descend obviously from the great George Alice. Um, so I I have issues with with how they put teams together. They always seem to find offensive coordinators that don't ever want to meet quarterbacks halfway. That, that look at quarterbacks and go, I'm going to get them to do exactly what I want them to do rather than, okay, so this is their skill set. I need to adapt the playbook to focus on what they're good at. And it's what we did last season. They took a look at what Lamar Jackson was doing and said, okay, that's what Justin Fields can do. So we're going to adapt our playbook to include a lot more of this, a lot more runs, a lot more designed runs. And then they went back to the drawing board. They picked up a ton of talent this season and they basically redesigned the offense so it's more similar to what Luke Getzey clearly wants to run and it's just not worked and you could argue that that relying on Justin Fields to see the field in the way that he has been trying to has got him injured um do I trust them to train a new quarterback absolutely not which quarterback would I like to see uh, ask me in a couple of weeks time but I'm still thinking it's Caleb Williams um, he is he is a generational talent. He had a bad game, didn't look great on the sideline. He's clearly a, a fairly headstrong young man, but um, I think currently it, it is still Caleb Williams by a fairly long way. If he has another couple of games like the one he's just had, then I might reconsider that thought. Um, and then with the other pick, obviously I think Marvin Harrison Jr. is the, the, the nailed on pick anyway. So if they end up with number one and two anyway, which is, is actually quite a depressing thought, I'd rather they didn't. I'd rather see them win games. Just one or two games would be fine. Carolina Panthers can lose as many as they like. I don't really care about them. But like, it's if the Bears can go on and win win a few games, that would be nice. But it's not looking good. And while you are here, in terms of if they decide to move on from the head coach, um, and you do end up at one and two, right? So it's super enticing, mm. you know. Um, who would you like to see potentially get that job in the way too early uh, Dan uh, picks a head coach for the Bears for 2024? I think Biennemi or Shane Waldron's the, the two that I'm now looking at that I think would potentially be the, the best choices. Um, Biennemi's done an amazing job with Sam Howell for, for Washington, admittedly not last week against the Bears, but this week he looks good. 
I'm sure we'll get onto that in a second. But it's he. I, th- I think Eric Bieniemy's been long overdue a chance, and I would love to be the team that then eventually took on Eric Bieniemy as a head coach. Um, yeah, Waldron's the other one as well. I think that, that just kind of speaks for itself. What he's managing to do with that offense is outstanding. I'd love to go offensive mind head coach as well. Uh, I'm, I'm Not, yeah. I I I thought. Ben Johnson might have been the first name, um, not for not for you, or just uh, you. You'd still have Ben and me ahead of him. Um, honestly, I Ben Johnson would be great as well. He's he's definitely in the mix, and I simply forgot to put him in that list. There, I I was I was too enamored with Eric Bieniemy for the last what five years now as a head coach, potent, a potential head coach. Um, and uh, yeah, what Waldron's doing is, is incredible as well. So, but yeah, Ben Johnson would be outstanding as well. I think offensive mind's the way to go. Th- the concern is that they are worried about uh, first-time head coaches. Um, I think you've kind of got to roll with that because that's going to take some chances, um, and uh, otherwise you're going to end up with I don't know Mike McCarthy or someone like that, and I don't really want that to happen. So, so yeah, Shane Shane Waldron or Ben Johnson. And, uh, and obviously, yeah, yeah, and if you're enjoying the show, please do vote with your fingers and rate, review, or subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. Every click, every like, every positive review, and every additional subscriber makes a huge difference. It helps others to find the show, and we really do appreciate it. We'd also love to hear from you and to interact with NFL fans on our social channels, wherever you're listening in the world, so please do get in touch.